Welcome to the Evidence-Based Chiropractor, where each week we deliver the latest chiropractic research and marketing strategies, all in the time it takes to get to your office. Now here's your host, Dr. Jeff Langmaid. Hello and welcome to the Evidence-Based Chiropractor. I am your host, Dr. Jeff Langmay. Today's episode is all about the research. We're looking at a brand new study from Chiropractic and Manual Therapies, and it's titled Manual Therapy versus Advice to Stay Active for Nonspecific Back and or Neck Pain. This is a cost-effectiveness analysis, and in my opinion, this study is really going to set the stage for future studies. It's sort of one of those plant the flag type studies. So if you are interested in uh, effectiveness or cost effectiveness, then this episode of the podcast is going to be for you. Before we get started, I want to say a few words about the Smart Chiropractor. The Smart Chiropractor can power your patient journey to provide you with more qualified new leads, more new patients, better patient retention, more consistent reactivations without spending any money on advertising. How do we do it? We do it by helping you teach and invite consistently across all of the most popular channels and most impactful channels you have available to communicate through. That is email, social, in-office, patient education, you name it. It is created and automated with The Smart Chiropractor. You can check it out at thesmartchiropractor.com. But as I said at the top for today's episode, we are talking research, manual therapy versus advice to stay active for back or neck pain. couple interesting pieces of information right off the top in this study that was news to me. What's not news that low back pain is one of the most common health problems and the lifetime prevalence is 84%. I've typically said 85 to 90, but that means 84% of people out there are going to deal with low back pain at some point in their life. So just about everybody. Now, here's the part I didn't know and I found interesting, mainly striking women in those 40 to 80 years old. So I did not know that there was a slant of low back pain towards women or females. Uh, 40 to 80 makes sense. A lot of times we don't see uh, a ton of back pain pre 40 years old unless there's an acute injury after 80 years old. A lot of bone has been, a lot of degenerative changes, bone has been laid down. We see pain tend to subside after somebody has gotten uh, that old. So not the age was not surprising, but slanting towards women certainly was for me. Also, they brought up low back pain as affecting about 83 million people worldwide. 83 million people. And again, sometimes these numbers, they're so big, it's, it's hard to even quantify. It just seems, okay, yeah, everybody. But that is opportunity, and I don't think we should ever be numb to that. That's millions, tens of millions, nearly, what is that, nine figures, you know, 100, nearly 100 million people struggling and suffering. Neck pain on the other side, very, very common, and especially in women. One-year prevalence of neck pain, 25% among women. That means 25% of women at any given point in time during a one-year period are going to have neck pain. Take 10 people off the street, 10 women off the street, 100 women off the street. If you take 10 women off the street, 2.5 of them, no matter what their uh, age, no matter what their demographic, no matter what their socioeconomic class, whatever it might be, 25%, 2.5 out of those 10 are going to have neck pain within a 12-month period. Pull 100, people, 100 women off the street, 25 of them are going to have neck pain over a one-year period. That's a lot. Uh, and we see that come in at about 16% for men. And, and this peaks, neck pain peaks 
30 to 60. So a little bit younger. Interesting. I did, I did not piece that together either. They're saying low back pain, most common 40 to 80 years old. Neck pain, most common 30 to 60 years old. A little bit more common in females than males. A couple of clinical pearls for you there. Musculoskeletal disorders, they've been estimated. This was shocking to me. They were been estimated to comprise 33% of total health insurance costs. So that is astounding. When you think about our health insurance system, when you think about the worldwide health insurance system, regardless of the country, that is a big deal. And yes, it might ebb and flow depending upon the country. That 33% might go up a little bit, might go down a little bit, but man, it is a big deal. There's a lot of money being spent. And sometimes I showcase what's going on in the medical world on stage. And I'm like, has all of this expense helped anybody? It, certainly it's helped some individual people, but when we look at it, aggregate numbers, no, low back pain is more prevalent than ever. There's people getting higher interventions, more advanced interventions than ever. What the heck is going on? In my opinion, a lot of this stems from a lack of early exposure to movement-based care, which is why so passionate about communicating that to other healthcare providers, so the evidence-based chiropractor, or to your community with the smart chiropractor. Critically important, huge opportunity to build and grow your practice, of course, huge opportunity to impact your community as well. So indirect costs for low back pain were substantially higher than direct costs, which is also fascinating. You think about, often we think about care as, okay, it costs $50 for that visit to the chiropractor, $100, whatever it might be. It costs $2,000 for that injection. It costs $30,000 for that laminotomy. But they are citing the fact that at this point, it's clear that the indirect costs are even higher than the direct costs. Now, why does that matter? Well, more effective prevention of low back pain could lead to cost savings even if the treatment costs were higher. Now, that is fascinating. We do not need to race to the bottom. So I think as chiropractors often, and every healthcare profession deals with this, where you get squeezed by the insurers and the payers. And of course, out-of-pocket expense is one thing as well. Everybody wants to be cognizant of how much they're spending on their healthcare. But paying the right price now, so to speak, can save you a ton of money down the road in indirect costs, lost productivity, inability to do things, advanced interventions, transition from acute to chronic pain. Even if you spend a little bit more upfront, it tends to work out in the end. And there's a Dutch study that found manual therapy for neck pain was more effective and less costly when compared to physiotherapy or care by a general practitioner in primary care. So there is a standard. This is not something where it's, uh, is manual therapy, is getting in there with an, an adjustment, a, a spinal manipulation, is it something that people have to live on? Is it something that is detrimental? Absolutely not. Number one, I think it we see it time and time again, our costs as chiropractors, even probably the most expensive chiropractor out there, I'm sure there's an exception, but some of the most expensive chiropractors out there are still a heck of a lot cheaper than if you think about getting an injection that costs $2,000 bill charges for a single injection, which has limited utility and may provide a week or two of relief at best in an extreme acute setting. That's an entire case. <laughs> that is like an entire 12, 16, 24 visits in most chiropractic practices. Do I think a patient would get more out of it? 
I think just apples to apples, absolutely so. And that's besides the fact that what we're going to do as chiropractors is movement-based. It's actually stimulating how the body heals, not just covering up the symptomatology by dumping a bunch of steroid in an area. So it's a big deal. And I think sometimes, again, we get so myopic as movement-based conservative healthcare providers and sometimes we can even, we see it online all the time, right? You know, nitpicking at each other when, man, when we take a look outside of our scope, outside of what's going on within our industry, there's a massive amount of opportunity, number one. Number two, there's a massive amount of subpar care going on, which is even more impactful and important on why us, we, you, me, need to get out there tell our story and take care of more people because it is only going to help our businesses, but it is definitely going to make a supreme impact on global healthcare if we can do it at a big enough scale. That's a big if. So this study looked at 409 study participants. Average age was 47 years old and it's skewed towards females, women. So 71% of those in this study were women. And they mainly suffered from neck pain. So 58% had neck pain. There was a little bit of crossover, people that had neck pain and low back pain, uh, but the remaining percentage were predominantly low back pain. So they were looking at a couple different things. Title pretty much says it all. They were looking at advice versus manual, uh, manual therapy, manual care. And is this cost effective? What's going on with the outcomes? In, and they found in this study, economic evaluation of treatments in a working population with nonspecific back and or neck pain, we found that the gains in quality of life and improvement in pain were slightly higher for manual therapy than advice, and that both indirect and direct costs were lower for manual therapy. Then they also cite a previous uh, randomized controlled trial that showed manual therapy was clinically and statistically significantly better, a lot of words there, than advice in regards to pain, physical function, and perceived recovery for back or neck pain, both in the short and the long term. That sentence pretty much encapsulates it all. You know, there's criticisms. Is it just short-term relief? Is it long? It hit both. Is it just pain or is it function? Well, it's pain, function, and perceived recovery. Is it just neck or back? It's both. And it's clinically and statistically better. So what's the best case scenario? Of course, us as chiropractors, we're going to get in there with manual therapy and advice, which I think is going to lead to even better results. But let's just think about this quickly from the standpoint of what's going on outside of your practice. Again, it's hard to envision this sometimes because we know what we do and we don't know what the what, what everybody else is doing. And the same holds true, right? How many other healthcare providers in your community really know what you do? Probably not that many unless you've gone out and built that relationship or unless you are a content creator, a content machine, getting that message out there, whether you're doing it yourself or whether you're doing it with the help of the smart chiropractor. Here is the gist of it. When somebody goes into a primary care physician, uh, I don't mean to pick on them, but quite often their tools and scope in terms of treating neuromusculoskeletal challenges is going to be super limited. They're going to do one of three things, right? We talk about this within the evidence-based chiropractor all the time. They are going to refer for PT, they're going to refer for a specialist, or they're going to prescribe medication, probably in reverse order right there. Medication is going to be the first one. So they do not have a great tool set. They do not have a great toolkit, and their knowledge is really subpar in terms of low back and neck. If it was above and beyond, if it was where it should be, they wouldn't be doing those things quite often, right? Maybe physical therapy referral, but they certainly wouldn't be prescribing medications, which are guideline discordant, 
They certainly wouldn't be doing early advanced imaging, MRI, CT, and they certainly wouldn't be referring to a pain specialist before all, all, not one, all conservative options had been exhausted. So this is just a real life type thing. People are going into their primary care physicians, primary care physician, us as chiropractors, I have yet to meet a primary care physician that knows more about the spine than almost any chiropractor I've met. We live there. We know it. We breathe it. We do it each and every day. And the, the other individuals, primary care physicians, specifically internal medicine, they just don't. So should they step up their game? Absolutely. But quite often it's going to be medication or in this case, advice. Hey, you need to lose a little weight. Hey, you should move more. Now, the confounding thing about this is that seems like advice is pretty cheap to give. Yet, because when we add the direct and indirect costs, it's actually more expensive. Why? Because people transition at a high rate from acute to chronic pain. They end up getting advanced interventions because they're not getting the relief they desire, which ties back to the clinically and statistically significant benefits of manual therapy in regards to pain, function, and perceived recovery. So that is really the take-home message. The conclusion uh, that these researchers found is, quote, our results indicate that manual therapy is slightly less costly and more beneficial than advice for working age persons with nonspecific back and or neck pain. Together with clinical results from previously published studies on the same population, the results suggest that manual therapy may be as cost-effective a treatment as evidence-based advice for a physician for neck and back pain. So should manual therapy be recommended? In my opinion, absolutely. Does the research continue just to stack, stack, stack on top of itself, showcasing why who we are, what we do as our core modality is so critically important. Absolutely. Does it mean things are going to change tomorrow in your community? Absolutely not. That is why it is so, so important to take this information, share it with people. We're going to get this, of course, in the evidence-based chiropractor queue for all of our evidence-based chiropractor docs to use as marketing research briefs. So if you're interested in getting out there, building referral relationships, nobody does it better, head over to theevidencebasedchiropractor.com. But bare minimum, take the information on this podcast utilize it when speaking with your patients. If they think they're going to get better care outside, there's exceptions to this, but if they think they're going to get better care outside of your practice, number one, patient preference matters. But number two, showcasing the fact that, man, many people do not have any concept that movement-based care, manual therapy is and continues to be the most highly recommended, most effective, and potentially most cost-effective solution to their neck and back pain. That is a critically important message that all of us should be getting out time and time again. Before we wrap up today's episode, I want to say a few words about PowerStep. You've heard me talk about PowerStep Orthotics before. They are offering a free sample to you. Yes, you, a listener of the Evidence-Based Chiropractor Podcast, pro.powerstep.com slash sample, pro.powerstep.com slash sample. I'll drop that link down in the show notes. These insoles are fantastic. Uh, my father has had continual neuropathy, low back issues. He utilizes them. They've helped him tremendously. The quality is awesome. These were developed by a podiatrist over 30 years ago, and they have been a, really strong in the podiatry market. They're bringing them into the chiropractic space. So check it out for yourself. They're offering you a free sample pair, pro.powerstep.com slash sample. Be sure to check them out. Additionally, if you are a doc out there looking for the next step in your career, Please, we have 100 jobs open, 85K base pay and up right now at chiromatchmakers.com. Or if you are a doc looking to build and grow your team, 
do not rely on gut. It is going to bite you. And staff turnover is one of the most challenging aspects of building a practice. We match people based upon behavioral characteristics. We do all of the legwork so you don't have to source, vet, interview. We line up great candidates for you. So if you're looking to hire a DC or a CA this coming year, just have a chat with us. See if it's a great fit. CairoMatchmakers.com. I hope you have a fantastic week in practice. If you have not left a rating or review for this show, please do so. It is how more and more docs find out about this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Evidence-Based Chiropractor. If you want to grow your practice, come back for next week's episode. If you want to grow faster, visit the evidencebasedchiropractor.com and join our MD Marketing membership today.